0: Everyone, welcome to the Throne and Home podcast. This is Alex and Sarah. We are so uh, thrilled. It is beautiful fall day.
1: It is finally fall in Texas.
0: Yes, cool weather, cool mornings, hoodies, uh, it's the whole sweater bit. weather. <laughs> it's sweater weather. Uh, oh my goodness! Just came back from Trader Joe's buying twenty-five pumpkins.
1: For <laughs> Listen. Pumpkin
0: painting, blowing up everywhere. Yeah, actually, I'm not so much. I was really into the pumpkin spice thing for many, many years, thinking like thinking that I actually did like it. (laughs) Realizing (laughs) that that
1: thinking that you liked it.
0: I don't. All right, I like pumpkin spice flavored things. The spice. I don't necessarily like pumpkin.
1: Oh, okay. I get that. That makes sense, right?
0: So, if you give me the pumpkin spice part without the pumpkin, I like. Now, I do like pumpkin pie. There are certain things that I do like with pumpkin, but I realizing, you know, pumpkin everything is a little overkill. I
1: think I think people don't realize that there is no actual pumpkin in pumpkin spice. Well, it's just there is. it's just sometimes the there is but you taste the and vegetable
0: different. and I'm like oh that's what I don't I don't actually like that then your
1: palate is way more refined than mine because I can't taste right. pumpkin well, so in the spice and
0: so I've actually just with the kiddos and like different places now actually are just doing the spice because they realize that people don't actually like the pumpkin yeah but I like I said I do like the pumpkin pie and things that are of that nature but probably not in my drinks yeah but I do love an apple cider. Yes. Um, I figured out kind of doing a keto friendly, healthy version. Um, it's probably not real apples, but whatever. Um, Sadie and I have been doing a routine, she loves her snuggles at night. And so we will put on a cute little show, um watch it and have our apple ciders with whipped cream on yep. top and yeah, it's fun. I love it. Got the candles out. And
1: yeah, fall just blew up all over our house. Yeah, and and I'm I'm praying this is a fall that lasts a little bit because sometimes in Texas mm-hmm. you get a fake fall. Fake fall. So you know it like it'll, we're it's almost be cool a kind for of, a couple of days yeah. and then back into the 90s. Like
0: it's gonna be kind of warm later on today, and I'm like, here we go. Yeah, that, that, that like fake, fake fall. fall. Yeah. But um.
1: But we are happy for the cooler weather. I mean, definitely.
0: It's, I'm, I'm trying to just be in the moment and enjoy this part because I'll just say it. If it were up to me, I'd probably be already decorating for Christmas. Oh, But Wait, our son Jude, is his birthday is in November, and he loves fall. And so I'm trying to do...
1: Fall as long as you can.
0: As long as I can.
1: Because to all of our listeners, Sarah is Mrs. Claus. Yes. So once Christmas time rolls around, it's like Christmas... All over the house, yeah. every inch of the house. And you'll hear more about that, I'm sure, yeah, as we and approach com- that time. Coming
0: up, but, um, but it's beautiful outside and yeah, we're enjoying great. it. Uh, going to a football game tonight. Yeah. If you know anything about G- Texas, Texas and football. Well, Friday Night Lights <laughs> is a
1: legit, that was a culture shock for yeah. us, moving here from Florida and then you know from New York to Florida to here. Friday Night Lights is a thing. Like yeah, you don't thing. don't plan during actually, football the football season. Actually,
0: the show or the movie—I don't remember because yeah, it was it's it a based show and a out movie? of Texas. Um, I actually, like ten years ago, recorded in a space that was just like overlooking the fields oh. where. Yeah, that's right. They where they filmed that, and um, I. New to Texas at the time, I'm like, "What's that?" You know,
1: we you, you know we've been in Texas for ten years, going on eleven years. I 11 think this years. is our first Friday Night Lights, like the first time our first going to <laughs> and a football game. But that's because our kids it had, took are getting yeah. ready to be and
0: fully banned and football Right, Jude's, into Jude's in the
1: in the in the band, and tonight's their eighth grade night. So they're the eighth grade band is going to the high school football game to be the Experience. band to play. Yeah there so super proud of our kids super proud of I you i know
0: i need to go rummage through his closet and see if I have any like school gear because i'm
1: i don't know we should represent i feel like we should like paint a giant or i should paint a giant J on my chest or something he'd probably <laughs> hate that <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that let's not okay yeah all right well but yeah, we're excited anyway, it's fall and, yeah we and have a lot
0: great. coming up oh it's yeah it's this season um we're we're it's fun October for prophetic people. So a lot of times we've got the different. Yeah. You know we had.
1: And next week, next week I have. Uh, I'm a part of Prophetic Company with Dan McCollum and Beth, uh, Bethany Hicks, and we have one of our major events coming up on Wednesday, the 25th of October through the 27th. That's our School of Prophetic Trainers. So, I'll, I'm full bore into yeah. that. And
0: there's there there's like a host of prophets getting to. Ascend, descend. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and not Austin just prophets, area. prophetic
1: trainers, yeah. people wanting to grow in the gift of prophecy. And so that's a three-day thing that w- that I'm actively a part I'm actually the online host for yeah. the online conference, and I do a lot of training. It's three days of training uh, people in the gift of prophecy. And then you head off to to yeah. Phoenix and then I head off to Mexico yeah. and yeah, so. Alex is
0: getting ready to do to go on a missions trip um, and just love on some people in Mexico we're looking forward to that and believing that um, yeah it's gonna be really good
1: yeah so we got some really ex- exciting things happening for us just ministry wise. Yeah, we'll have, (laughs) we'll have some great, I'm pretty sure by the time this episode uploads and is airing, we'll probably be in the middle of our trips and all of those things. So it's, it's good. It's going to be exciting.
0: Um, We had a lot of discussion. Um, we're little by little, you know, some of our history and our journeys. Um, we, we talked a little bit of just my growing up and, um my experience in worship and my relationship with the lord and developing um my intimacy with the lord and we've had a lot of discussions lately through um just in our different upbringings right you know just how like equally powerful and how it just doesn't have to look the same way
1: equally powerful yet equally different yeah yeah. Um,
0: I was even just listening to. Um, I'm listening to the book <laughs> this Seer, by James Gall, and um, last night, just kind of marveling at and just finding a new place of peace in in what I'm called to. Right, but in especially you because you are a prophet, and so for me, a lot of times, like I know that I have a prophetic gifting, um, but you know, you and I are very different. We operate very different, and we right. deliver our gifts very different. Well,
1: I I want to I want to. That's actually a core value for me as it relates to the prophetic is just prophetic diversity. You know, First Peter four. I want to read this real quick. It says, First uh, Peter four ten. It says, as each one has received a special gift, employed in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Right. So there are many different ways we can recognize and respond to the voice of the Lord, and then how we give to others what we have gotten from the Lord differs. And so having a value for prophetic diversity is, I believe, really crucial to the body because then I can appreciate how you interact with the lord and i can receive from that but if i limit people to just the way that i receive and give then i actually come into a place where i begin to despise the prophetic right and and we don't want to do that that's scriptural too right
0: well i think too having grown up in and around prophetic it kind of looked differently for many many years and we've grown into the knowledge of how everyone hears from god right everyone right. can receive and give a word and even in my giftings what i was you know sharing a little bit within that book is and you and you said it also is that within the realm of the prophetic and seers and the different like everyone has a different role and a different perspective and a different right. um function even into They're not limited to those things, but I realized, wow, where I'm seated, right? And what I'm called to reveal Mm -hmm. to the earth, um, by how I hear, see, know, perceive all of those things is from a, might be from a different place and I'm not supposed to have it your way or from the way that someone else has it. And like pressure's off a little bit and it was like, oh wow, I can just be me in my gifting without feeling like it's lesser or um, because I, because of how I hear, see, and deliver right. and that I'm not, it's not a lesser thing. In
1: um, yeah, she, there's no hierarchy to it. There's right. no like, Oh, I, I'm a feeler. So someday I want to be a seer because that's a higher level. No, it's, or just all, limiting ourselves to the one. Thing. Right. Exactly. And that's one of the things that we train in prophetic company is don't don't limit yourself to just one way you recognize how the Lord is, is speaking, right? The, the mm-hmm. scripture says that the voice of the Lord is like the sounds of many rushing waters. It's the sound of a harpist on his instruments, the sound of thunder. So God is speaking in all sorts of different ways, and we we are wired by God to recognize how he's speaking. So limiting myself to one way actually cuts me off from all the other ways that he's speaking. Mm-hmm. And so when I have a value for the diversity I can lean into all of those different ways. Uh, I I tell people often, don't identify by your primary way you hear the Lord, because then you close yourself off to everything else, and God wants us to be able to access it all.
0: Yeah. I think similar, last episode, we talked a little bit about how Um, probably a month or two before everything started happening in Israel, I started picking up and I kind of asked you, I was like, I wonder if there's like, what is the language for this prophetic? Like where I would encourage maybe even those of you that are creatives, or you might have certain interests that the the Lord might actually be speaking through the things you love. Yeah, And I, I love culture. I love food. I love music. I love travel. And I was, about a month or two before everything, I just started getting this insatiable. Like I want to watch t- uh, these TV shows based out of Israel, and you know, Israeli food and learning about the culture, going mm-hmm. back and learning some history, and those are all things that I love and are interested in, and they were kind of getting me calibrated to the heart of Israel,
1: right? Again,
0: yeah. because I had vi- I had in in you know years past been there known a lot about but it was like almost reintroducing me and getting me back in sync with the heartbeat Mm -hmm. of god for israel and then everything happens and i'm like god were you showing me something and like in almost as intercession maybe a prophetic intercession or just um giving giving me your heart so that when this happened i would be able to
1: right and it's and it's again it's training ourselves to recognize how he's speaking. Right. You know, Hebrews five fourteen says this, it says meet is for the mature who by reason of practice have their senses trained to distinguish both good and evil. And I think intuitively we've trained our senses to know when something's bad. Right? You walk into a place and you're like, ooh, I don't have a yeah. good feel about this. But you can also train your senses to recognize God and to recognize his presence. Yeah. I actually love how Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, uh if, if you're not familiar with who Smith Wigglesworth was, you know famous revivalist, healing ministry, uh, but he said, you know, at the slightest whisper of the Holy Spirit, I turn aside, but if God's not moving, I'll move him, which almost sounds like, oh my God, how can you move God? But Second Chronicles tells us that the eyes of the Lord is seeking, searching to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those who would move him. And, and what I want to point out with that is the Israeli TV shows, the you know, all of a sudden this heightened desire for travel or whatever it is, that's the slight whisper of the Holy Spirit. So learning to turn aside those, those are the invitation to a deeper conversation with the Lord. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Dan McCollum, who's been an amazing mentor and spiritual father to me, he's like, Alex, the burning bush wasn't the event. It was the invitation for Moses to turn aside. Yeah. And so whatever it is you're experiencing or whatever it is you're seeing or hearing, sensing or perceiving, that's the invitation to turn aside and really have a deeper conversation with the Lord about it. Yeah.
0: And I, I think that's probably happened in the past, but I maybe didn't recognize it. Right. And now I'm like, oh, wow. Because this that often will be the case. I'll, I'll kind of have this insatiable, like desire and maybe it's the Lord putting putting something on my heart from his heart to know that hey next time there seems to be like wow yeah Yeah. an interest maybe even within my interests absolutely can be spirit led totally and prophetic and so just pay attention to those things.
1: Here's here's the thing, you know we often default this could be God. It's probably just me. And we really, part of the renewing of our minds is to change that, to say, this is probably God. It could be me. Right. You know, yeah. and when we learn to start doing that, we actually open ourselves up to all the ways that he's speaking to yeah. us.
0: Well, if we think of his desire for intimacy for us, why wouldn't he do that?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's
0: like, we, we should assume that he's always speaking. We should assume that he's always wanting our attention absolutely like so when he does not second guessing yeah. you know if, if it's good and pure and you know what i mean like yeah if it's not prob- violating
1: scripture <laughs> if it's you know if it's not going against the character yeah. and nature of who god is and i want to say from a new testament perspective mm-hmm. right because we know that that christ is the perfect picture of 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 God, mm-hmm. the father on earth. And so if we don't see it in Christ, it's not in the father. Yeah. And so we want to look at that. If it's not going against those things, then yeah, it's probably God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so with that, I want to kind of transition a little bit yeah. into we, have we offline have had this discussion um, on your journey. We've heard a little bit about mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: yeah, because I didn't grow up this way. No. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to me talk to you, and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is coming Where out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but how does, how you know, kid from the Bronx, you grew up not really believing in the gifts of the Spirit and no, all of this stuff. I did not. The way that we do very much so now. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit of your beginnings yeah. and kind of I, your introduction so
1: I, I grew up in church. I've been in church since I was two years old when my dad got saved. And, you know, we he, he went to uh he got saved in a Bible church congregation. We were a non-denominational congregation, but Bible believing, Bible church. Um my mom actually grew up charismatic. Yeah. But she had backslidden and married my dad and and when my dad got saved, she rededicated a lot, her life to the Lord. And so this is the environment I grew up in. Um, you know, it was a, a, an environment that w- was not Holy Spirit-focused um, in that sense. You know, um, the, the theological term would be cessationism, right? Mm-hmm. We did not believe that the gifts of the Spirit As we see in the epistles were active today so none of the sign gifts Mm -hmm. tongues prophecy healing god could heal but not necessarily through somebody in if it was only his will if it wasn't his will he wasn't you know and so so going after that 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 wasn't just how that wasn't how i was raised Mm -hmm. um and so you know later on um into my young adult years I, i moved from new york to miami And I was a part of a Southern Baptist church that at 19 made me their youth pastor. Um, I went to Bible college, got a degree in theology and biblical studies. I was exposed at that time to some charismatic Pentecostalism type things and wasn't fully convinced, like one of my best friends back then was a major Assemblies of God worship leader in Mm -hmm. South America, Central America, and he would preach, or sorry, he would lead worship at these giant AG events in Miami, Mm -hmm. but he'd have me come preach. And things would happen, things would break out in the room as I'm preaching, and I'm like, I don't believe necessarily that that's happening, but okay for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's great for them, it's not for me. Eventually, years went on, I became the senior pastor of a Southern Baptist church and, and was really faced with some tough decisions as a young senior pastor. Um, our church was struggling, it wasn't growing, financially was having some difficulties, and I I just started crying out to the Lord. And I think that's, that's the, although I had been exposed to a lot of things and was okay with it for them, but not for me... Right. Um, I I, I didn't necessarily have a grid for what happened next, and so I just started crying out to the Lord, God, you got to do something for this church. I I don't know how to do this. I can't do this anymore, and I remember it was one morning. I was at the church for prayer before I went to my paying full-time job, um, and I was crying at the altar area of this Southern Baptist Church in Coral Gables, and uh, I heard the audible voice of the Lord, Um, and he said, Alex, you know my word, but you don't know my power, and I'm going to show you what it looks like to operate in both, and then for the next couple of hours, I was in a third heaven encounter that I didn't have a theological box to put that in, Mm -hmm. and that's what sparked my hunger for more of the supernatural, more of what we would call revival culture, kingdom culture, right, because I had an experience with the Lord, and then the Lord took me on a journey to unpack that biblically, where I can see this in Scripture, contextualize it, and go, oh wait, this is real. This happens today. What I had been writing off was, hey, that's good for everybody else, is actually good for me, and I want that, and I want more. And so that's sort of where it started for me um, about 18 years ago, Um, and it's just been this Hunger to hunger place. We talked about hunger several weeks ago on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's been this place of growing in my hunger for more of yeah. God.
0: So we were uh, a week or so ago. I was just cleaning the house. I had my right. earbuds in, and I was listening to Jesus Image podcast. And like after two episodes, you know they were they were mentioning Benny Hinn, right? Obviously, yeah. I love Pastor um, it's Benny, Jess, Jess's dad, and. Uh, I, I I dawned on I, I said, I think that Alex had, had gotten a word from Benny Hinn. And so I like, texted him, I'm like, didn't you get a word from Benny Hinn? What was that? Because wh- I knew that we had been diving into you and I on um, how the Holy Spirit just kind of got a hold of you and started kind of molding you in the supernatural, the, but the prophetic. And then like, how did we get from cessationist kid to prophet? Like- yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a... That's a- that's a big deal. And then young. I realized,
0: wait, Benny, that's a big deal.
1: That That is. And and, and you know, did you
0: know, like you, you had to have known in the moment that it was a big deal.
1: No, I didn't. I didn't know in a, in the moment it was a big deal because so that experience that I had in my Baptist church by myself, I was so hungry, but I didn't have anybody to process that with that could understand, yeah. you know, so, so to give you some context, like, The head of my deacon board was my dad, (laughs) okay, who didn't believe that way. So I I couldn't go to my deacons and be like, hey, this is what happened to me. I I couldn't go to anybody else in the Baptist Association because I was honestly, I was very fearful, you know, of being labeled as a Pentecostal or labeled as a charismaniac or whatever, you know. And so I really didn't know what to do with it. So I wrestled alone with the Lord on that and I, I, I want to say it was probably like three or four days after I had that initial encounter where I heard God's voice, I I had what I call my John three encounter. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I I go to the family Christian bookstore in Miami at night, it closes at like nine o'clock. It's eight 45. I walk in there dressed in black with a hoodie, sunglasses on because I am fearful that somebody might see what I'm about to purchase and what I was about to purchase was the only Pentecostal book I knew of the only Pentecostal person I knew of which was Benny Hinn and I walked in there and bought Good Morning Holy Spirit I legit totally overpaid for it if Pastor Benny ever hears this consider that my seed like that was (laughs) whatever like I threw like 50 bucks on the counter, stuck it under my hoodie, walked out. Like I didn't even let the guy scan the book. I'm like, here you go. Because I was really fearful of like, hey, I'm a Baptist kid. This is what I like. And I went home and I read it in my closet, literally in my closet. um, Because I didn't want to, at the time, my parents were living with me. And like I said, my dad was the head of my deacon board. And so I didn't want him to see that I was reading this book and start to ask questions so I, I hid in my closet and read it in a night, and that just launched this hunger. Well, fast forward to the story that you're you're talking about where Pastor Benny gives me this word. I get this invitation in the mail months later after this, um, and it's an invitation to a Partners in Covenant uh, event. And that, what was that? It was like 18 years ago, like 17, 18 years ago. Um I don't remember the exact time of year it was. I just, you know, it's been that long. But um, I, I get this pastors and covenant, you know, partners and in covenant invitation. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know why I'm getting this. But there was something in me that just want, was like, you have to go. And, and so it was unlike any of his crusades. It was a smaller group of maybe, you know, six to 700 people. And I go and I show up. And day one, evening one, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got to go. But every time I try to get out of the chair, I couldn't get up. I just was captured by everything Pastor Benny was preaching. I go home and I said, all right, God, I'm not going back for day two. And day two, I'm there. And I'm in this internal wrestling place of I I can't, I got to go. I got to go. If anybody sees me here, I'm, I'm in trouble. I got to go, but I can't leave. Same thing, conversation with the Lord. God, I, I can't go back for day three, yet day three comes, evening three, and I'm back. And Pastor Benny was preaching, and I'll never forget what he was preaching on that night. He actually was preaching on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And and I stayed there, and at the end of his message, he says to this group of like five, six 600, 700 people, he's like, I'm going to lay hands on every single person in the building and release an impartation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, you know, the whole idea of laying on of hands, I had seen people fall out in the Spirit. I had seen all sorts of stuff on, you know, Benny Hinn Crusades and jackets and blowing and all that stuff, and I still wasn't sure where I felt in all of that. And I was one of the last groups to go forward And I remember standing down in front and I I said really quickly to the Lord, God, please don't let him touch me because if he does, I might have to touch him back. (laughs) Like I was, I was really like, don't, I do not want this guy to touch me. And so he, Pastor Benny's going down the line and he gets to me and he gets within five inches of laying his hand on me and he doesn't touch me. He stops, pulls his hand back and he points at me and he says, young man, come up here. Two people escort me up to the platform, and he looks at me and he says this, and I'll never forget it. He says, the Lord says to you, you know my word, but you don't know my power, and I'm going to show you what it looks like to operate in both. I mean, almost verbatim what I heard the audible voice of the Lord say Mm -hmm. only several months before that. And then he begins to tell me some of the things that I saw, In my third heaven encounter with the Lord Mm -hmm. that day, and I was I was completely undone. Pastor Benny gets within a foot and a half of me to lay hands on me, and I fall out. And it was one of the really first times I ever fell out in the spirit. Um, I I hear, get him back up, and he, you know, so the guys, the (laughs) prayer ministers, pick me up. I'm all sloppy. Yeah. And, and he begins to just prophesy a call to the nations, a call as a prophet, a call as God's mouthpiece over me, uh, a call of revelation and wisdom and insight, you know, and, and at the time I had no clue what any of that meant. Um, Which,
0: which to me, like just from perspective, like if you would tell me growing up, Benny was such a yeah big deal for me like but when you don't know what you don't know right um I think back to probably around that timeline of we let's talk about preparation right right? how he was like fast tracking you (laughs) oh yeah because like when we met like I was I kind of I knew that you were baptist and I'm like I don't know. We how met that's like work. A couple we've we very we've, soon after that. Soon
1: after that, we we I mean, we've been married 15 years. We've been together as a couple for 16 years, but we knew each other, right, a little bit before that. So at least 17 years. So very soon after that, yeah, and you know, I today you and I in many in, in in our culture have a value for prophecy and so we, we steward our words and right. we we transcribe them, we record them and we listen to yeah. them because the purpose of prophetic words are to bring uh, encouragement, strengthening and comfort. And so we, we really cling to Mm -hmm. that. But back then I didn't know. And so like, I had to just sit with the Lord even recently, as you were asking me, Hey, what was the word pastor Benny gave you? I had to really think back because I didn't transcribe it. I didn't record it. I I just knew my spirit got something there that all of a sudden came alive. And I was like, I I want this unlike anything I've ever wanted before in my life. Like I want, the presence of God to hear his voice and even more than just to hear it for myself or to hear it for others, but to help people in their journey in recognizing and responding to the voice of the Lord and hearing from God for themselves, you know, and that, that's what, that's what pushed me here.
0: Yeah. And I, I wanted to just highlight something that, um, in that, because we, we, we talk about this a lot and believe, you know, I know for me I grew up a lot in prophetic but didn't always record or we did have them once upon a time but they were on tapes. Yeah. Or something where we don't have them tangible ask the Lord to bring to remembrance like his word oh, yeah. is his word over you. And so if there are prophetic words that you've gotten um that maybe hey I forgot there are words that I you know hey I've gotten this word I don't remember them I don't have them recorded ask the Lord in this season, especially, we're learning how to, like you said, how to steward them, to write them down now. Yeah. To like begin to activate. Lord, I believe that just because I got a word 20 years ago and I don't even remember what that word was, Lord, I'm going to bring back, you remember what they were. Right. You were very intent to put on someone's heart, to release a word over me. So, Lord, even if I don't have it verbatim, um, Lord, would you bring the, the reality of that into. Um, my present for me to begin to see those Absolutely. things accomplished. And so there's not, there's hope even in, hey, I, re- I received stuff. I know that I had words spoken over me as a baby. Lord, you know what they were. I don't know what they were, but bring them back and let me begin to walk out the promises, walk out and partner with the words that re- you've given me.
1: I remember growing up, I the environment I grew up, we were very... um focused on, on holiness in the sense of living mm-hmm. w- lives right before the Lord. And oftentimes, you know, in prayer, they would say, oh, you need to make sure you've repented of all of your sin and confessed all your sins. So ask the Lord to reveal to you if there's any hidden sin in your heart, in your life, so that way you can confess it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to go down that road as right. to, hey, what? But I remember as as a young young kid and as a young young man praying that yeah the lord would reveal things but how much more so does he want to reveal the things that are meant to encourage strengthen and comfort you yeah how how much more does he want to reveal to you his word Right. The scripture says that that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And it's not just the written word. It's also his spoken word over you. And so, you know, Paul told Timothy to to fight the good fight of faith using the prophetic words spoken over Him. So our prophetic words are a weapon in our hand, you know? We talk about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and I believe 100% that it is Scripture. But God's spoken word over us through prophecy is also a sword in our hands through which we fight the good fight of faith. And so stewarding that, so, so I sat when you, when you asked me about, hey, what was the word Pastor Benny prayed over you or, or spoke over you, I, I said, all right, Lord, remind me, like bring to memory. I know my spirit got it. Bring it to my mind yeah. so that way I can partner with it, so I can steward with it, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's even more to unpack with the Lord in that.
0: Well, too, I think, and one of the things that I was kind of feeling on it when I asked you, and this is very true of... Um, I even believe like my my grandparents. Right? Some that I haven't met. I know that they were actually going after revival. Mm-hmm. These are people that I don't know. But I know that there was prayers over generations. Yeah, and so totally. am I living out even the 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 prophetic destinies or the prophetic calls or the words spoken, you know, as blessing is to
1: to the thousandth generation. generation. Yeah, you're you're living a legacy. You're-
0: so but even those like I think about, hey Lord, the, the seeds planted in the hearts of my great-grandparents and my grandparents now that have gone on to be with Jesus, Lord, you put stuff in their heart that they prayed and released over us. Lord, I pull on the blessing of, the, of that. I pull on the words that maybe they did, they knew they were prophesying or they didn't, but the declaration that was from his heart that might have been a prophetic statement over generations, over our family, Um, I pull on those, Lord, and want to activate in those things. And so that's where I think there are a lot of times we can focus on um, partnering with things. Like you said, growing up, like what hidden sin or what, you know, like, okay. But at the end of the day, the Lord's trying to connect with us. Yeah. And he cares more about being revealed than he cares about the thing. The whole point of getting breakthrough and repenting of sin is to cut the thing that's separating us. right? And so, okay, if we know, hey, all right, we have an open, clear communication and relationship with the Lord, Lord, what blessings do you want to pour out? Yeah, what blessings absolutely. do you want to see revealed? What prophetic words um, and assignments and giftings have we not been walking in that's mm-hmm. available to us? Right. And I think that was part of like what I was... Knowing you, knowing what you're called to, knowing what I've seen in the last 15 years, and the increase on your life, I'm like, hey, let's pull on that one. <laughs> yeah, and
1: it's and it's and it's a journey, right? I mean, yeah, Baptist Baptist to revivalist. That's mm-hmm. like, and and what I discovered because oftentimes I felt like I'm alone in that
0: mm-hmm.
1: journey, and like, God, why? But then you know, I had a conversation once with Bobby Connor. Bobby Connor was a Southern Baptist pastor, you know, who, I mean, he's one of the generals in the prophetic movement today. Uh, Even our senior leaders, Richard and Sylvia Nash, they were, they were Southern Baptists. I mean, degrees from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and, you know, all the stuff that, because God wants to take us into the more of the kingdom. And, you know, uh, I I love like I said I love my roots I think it gave me a foundation yeah. you know in Bible in Scripture yeah.
0: and I think that's the beauty of like with, within the Baptist Church and yeah. the the heritage of absolutely the Word mm-hmm. um, and then coming in and marrying it with but, the Spirit
1: yeah Bill Johnson is like hey a, a, a gospel without the power of the gospel or a, a manifestation of the power of the gospel is is a partial gospel, right? And and I know for me there was a season where I I went, you know, my pendulum kind of swung, right? Where where it was, hey, if it's not in scripture, I mean, I used to teach miracles stopped. Like and I, I think back to all all the messages I preached on that. And I'm like, what? How can I you know how can I undo that? And but the Lord brought me to a place of, no, this is what it looks like experientially. Now, I know my pendulum went from that extreme and at some point it went back to the other side where I almost forgot to root every experience I had in scripture. And I feel like my, my, my pendulum has moved back center even more recently over the last couple of years. Uh, especially being part of Prophetic Company, we, we want to contextualize everything in Scripture and give people that solid foundation of this is your experience, this is where we see it in Scripture, and here you go. Uh, because I believe that you actually can take flight that way. It's like a two-winged bird able to f- truly soar. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And there may be, you know, in that season that you say maybe not have as much context in watching you there right. I, I need the context and no, so and, it was I, there was I safety in that, it. I needed that but experiential sometimes knowledge. In, yeah. And I just want to encourage yeah um, people that are listening because some may be on one side and some on that other um, definitely believe in what you're saying about having the scriptural context for what's happening. It's so important. I've been in a part of watching things go way off rail as growing up Pentecostal. Like I've seen it and I'm so thankful for um, how the Lord has guided, you know, us in health to a place where it's like, no, this is, this is real. Um, But to allow yourself, if you're coming into that place to allow a space of freedom. And sometimes it looks funny and sometimes it (laughs)
1: Listen, I tell people I have a high weird meter. Yeah. I dare a weird bar. I dare you get over I mean, but, it. And
0: how much in in the Bible? Yeah. There are crazy stuff that happen. But like w- when we get to heaven, I think and see with our eyes like fully, like complete nothing, no more veils, no more, you know, that how interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I think what I heaven love is. And
1: I think what I love right now mm-hmm. is. That as a father, as a parent, I can raise my kids in such a way where they know that they can recognize and respond to the voice Mm -hmm. of God. Like I, I I tell, I tell there are times where I've, I've, I've had different conversations with our boys, Jude in particular, where, you know, Hey, what is God saying? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, Hey, you can hear God. Like just sit still for a moment what do you sense what do you see whereas because of my background and upbringing sometimes i have to work through the old mindsets and clear those out to get to know i can hear from god for for myself or for right now right i love that i get to raise my kids in an environment where they don't have to work through the old way of thinking you know, that yeah. this is their baseline of yeah, thinking, that God of... speaks, that God moves. And there there are times like even with Elijah, like, hey, what is what is God saying? And he'll just sit and, oh, I feel this or I see this. And, you know, that that we get to raise our kids that way. I love it because now I know that when they go out and they're away from us they know how to tap into the voice of the Lord and listen to what he's saying. You know, there's that comfort and security that that brings, you know.
0: Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit. I was thinking about, you know, us both being raised in the city. Yeah. You know, you only could go as far as down the block a lot of times because of the nature of the environment.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And now we're out here in Texas, and it's like, here's acres. Go run. Go run and, and play. And I think it's because we know it's yep. like, it's it's similar in the spirit where it's like, okay,
1: that's a great illustration. Yeah, is
0: is you don't have to just because we've explored and we we know where the boundaries are and we know that where the safety is yeah. in this space to be like, hey, go go run because mom and dad got this yeah. and we're able to guide you and see you yeah. <laughs> in it. And so I think just encouraging parents out there right. with, with with kiddos like there's always the beauty of mystery in that there may, there will be some times where your kids are experiencing things that maybe mm-hmm. you haven't right um and to bring them I I always love to encourage people like to not to be very careful to not squash or limit your children based on what you have seen right. Right, absolutely. Or what you're comfortable with. Right. Because they're, we're raising our kids to um, operate in even deeper and greater and further. And they're made for a world that their belief in God and what God can do, like they're mountain levelers yeah. and going to see things and do things in even greater capacity than we ever could. And really want our kids, like our ceilings, to yeah. be their floors, really. And to continually, like if the Lord says it, if the Lord's on it, go yeah. for it.
1: I mean, I want my kids to be naturally supernatural. Yeah. You know, I want for our kids. To, I'm reminded, you remember when we were living in Florida and uh, we were at like a Sonic. Because that's right? all I had. We didn't have in and out We, we didn't, didn't have, have In-N-Out. No <laughs> In-N-Out. We were at <laughs> Sonic. And um, And... We, we, this one had a place where you could actually sit and eat in order. Yeah, Yeah, it was called Sonic Beach in Homestead. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jude was what, two two years old, two years old. And, and, you know, South Florida, the weather can change on a dime, like thunderstorm can roll through and pass in and out just as quickly. And, uh, they had some TV set up. We're eating our burgers and whatnot. And Jude's two years old. They had this TV there. And all of a sudden, breaking news, storm warning, storm warning. They're getting the alerts out and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they show the radar, right? Storm is coming all around us. The winds are picking up. We We see see the clouds rolling through. Yep. And Jude stands up, two years old, Mm -hmm. faces Faces the storm. I'll never forget that. Raises his arms. And I'm I'm getting (laughs) choked up. And he goes, he yells out, peace, be still. And we watched yeah, that, that cloud, cloud back. disappear and roll back. You can watch the radar on the TV screen, right? Because the news is reporting, mm-hmm. hey, major storm hitting right now. You can watch the radar, the storm disappear and the sun come out and everything go calm. Yeah, That was at two years old. Yeah, And I'm like... I want my kids to have that level of faith, to have that level of confidence in the Lord, to have that ability to hear. Because I believe He was hearing from the Lord. Then mm-hmm. you can Absolutely. calm this storm, and He did. Yeah. And He stepped out. You know, yeah. I think that's why to, to to see the kingdom of God, you got to be like a child.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that the the beauty of childlikeness mm-hmm. and with our children, and I think one of the things that sometimes it's hard but almost to foster their childlikeness mm-hmm. in that so clearly see the father and know and are are rooted in, in his love that we know what, what's available to us yeah, um, and where we operate from. And to see like Jude at two years old who believes, you know, he would see stuff, all the time and share stuff with us as in his little, you know, in we, his language in his in his own little language um, in our in our nighttime worship mm-hmm. remember we used to put on uh, God, I look to you, God, I look to you. And he would see angels and he would see all kinds of stuff, um recognize parents that. Obviously, their external environment especially if they they go to a public school or wherever they go, there's going to be stuff vying for their attention. totally. Stuff vying for um, their affections. But having... We get to, as parents, foster a place where we can see that grow in them even more so for them to keep their childlikeness, to keep their innocence. Um, This... I'll just share this, um, our middle son, he is extremely affectionate.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, yeah.
0: from the moment, and this will be a different story. Um, from the moment he came into the world was just teaching us about love, um, and accepting love. Um, but because of that, the enemy has tried in different seasons and times to almost pervert and it's kind of Derail him, yeah. In many ways, yeah. His
1: main love language is physical touch is, and yeah. physical intimacy, and so, and so we always act- wanting hugs and snuggles yeah. and cuddles. And, and
0: him just being a you know silly kid. You know, he looked up something, a funny word on my phone one day, and some images came. Yep. And immediately, and we were prepped for it. We we knew. Yep. And had been equipped um on how to kind of steer our kids and protect our kids. Obviously yeah. you can't protect them from anything, everything, everything no. and realizing younger and younger kids are being exposed to things. Totally. But what we were taught was how to not partner with shame. Right. And we could even see shame trying to creep right its way into his heart. Mm-hmm. And immediately I think more than going after the action of what was happening. Yeah we went straight for his heart and we're yep. like, we are not going to allow shame yep. like to go like kind of take root in his heart knowing now. And it actually was for me an indicator of, wow, because he's so gifted mm-hmm. and this is, you know, his love wing, language is affection. Like the enemy is going to go after him in different areas to try and derail him yeah. in that space. And so Protecting their innocence, protecting and I remember him coming years later. There was a peer pressure. It wasn't even middle school yet. Yeah. He was um, still in elementary. And him being called uh, prude and different things because he said, Mom, I want to stay innocent. And I from from a boy of that age, I was like, Wow, that's the yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, he was like in
1: fourth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade. That's
0: the Holy Spirit. Like totally. keeping him. Mm-hmm. and realizing we can, we get to in a world where there's going to be stuff that happens around our kids where we have the, the tools to equip them to keep to keep them to right. keep their eyes focused and that um, it's not about um, what you see and what happens around you it's your internal space with the Lord that keeps you connected where you can, <laughs> Um, I can bring my kids or they can go out into the world and keep their purity because their purity isn't based on external factors. Well,
1: it's it's when Jesus says it, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's it's what's already in there. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, to give you some perspective, Elijah 11 and he's Winnie the Pooh (laughs) like he's dressing up as Winnie the Pooh for for the church Halloween party type thing and like that's the innocence that he carries we're in
0: a school and he doesn't care either Uh, no but there's there's a I loved Winnie the Pooh as a as a kid just to give some context so he loved like he loves it he enjoys it he is totally he's such a boy yeah but he loves Winnie the Pooh and I think there's a an element of teaching our kids to be spirit-led right. in these things where they don't mimic culture, right. but they also don't mimic whatever culture, um, even in around some church environments, not all, right. but that that they're l- being led by the Spirit. Right,
1: and I think all of that goes back to, you know, how you were brought up, my experiences, and were able to help them steward that. And, and that's why I'm grateful for me in having both backgrounds, you know, where, and, and, and the journey that I have, you know, I've been on. So that way, as I now focus on our main ministry as a family, mm-hmm. our ministry to my kids, I'm able to help steward and help guide them in that. So that way, God is always in the center. He's the main thing. He they any one of them can hear the Lord's voice and speak what the Lord is saying and and know that they have that that connection and relationship with the Lord as a guidepost all the time.
0: Yeah. And I think some some parents would be like, you know, because a lot of times we get behavior focused. Your behave the behavior parts are um those are just the indicators. like, right. th- But get back to the heart. Yeah. Totally. Like get back to the heart connection, get back to getting them connected to the spirit, and the behavior will follow. Yeah. You know? And so, um, really grateful for just how God kind of connected our journeys and yeah. bringing us together. It's fun to talk about because I'm like, I can think back to some of your stories and like, wow, what was happening with me? That led us to the moment where we finally got together. I'm
1: super grateful because
0: preparation.
1: Because all you knew when we first met was I was a Puerto Rican Baptist kid from New York, yeah. I was like, no way. We'll have to we'll have to share the story. But honestly, the thing that that was like
0: that was like okay, yeah, yeah, was knowing that oh you you actually believed in the Holy spirit and that yeah. that was something that you were going after. And I'll, that was the in, the thing that was like, okay, then I can say yes to this.
1: Yes. we'll we'll have to share that story at another <laughs> yeah, point, different but, story. but yeah, you know, the journey has been great. And I, I'm looking forward to what more the Lord has in my journey with mm-hmm. him and in our journey together, yeah. our journey as a family. Cause like we've said, couple of times already even today you know we go from glory to glory yeah and And
0: there's in some ways we're just getting
1: started we're we're glad that you joined us and so we'll see you for the next one